The scripture reading this morning is taken from Galatians chapter 4 verses 8 to 20. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ, Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my thorn, my thorn, because I am perplexed about you. This is the word of the Lord. And this morning, we have Reverend Ding Hwasen to preach to us. Thank you, Brother David. Shalom to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we come to your word, we pray that you send your spirit, the spirit of truth, to lead us into your word. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you, your flame, your flame us, burn us, so that we have the passion for you, for loving Jesus. We pray and commit the time unto your hand. May you speak to our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A renewed membership. If you look at Chinese, it's a totally different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, means burn into flame. Um, did you ever play hide and seek? I guess all of you did, right? How do you play hide and seek? We will choose one people, one person, or a few persons to to be the one who catch others to find others, right? And then we will count count the number up to certain numbers. Then we start to find those hiding. Right? That's how we play hide and seek. And to me, pastoring is a lot like hide and seek. 
everyone are hiding themselves. They don't want to. Um, they don't want the pastors or the leaders caught them, so they hide themselves. Even we caught them, we see them, they just run away. As long as we don't, just uh, we don't really caught them. Just like playing hide and seek. I see you. I realize you are hiding there. But as as long as I didn't touch you, then you run. You hide somewhere else. Yeah, that's how we play. And when we come to church, it's quite similar to me. Whenever we talk about um, some causes, then you may hide away. Uh, better that uh, pastors don't notice me. Better if the leaders don't call me, uh, wanted me to join the class. Uh, better still, if no one know my name, no one know me, I just come and join the Sunday service. That's good enough. Better still, if um, the pastors, yeah, they don't know. Uh, I just got my grade A in piano or something. Then uh, I can set myself free. I don't want to serve in anything, even though I am capable. I just don't feel like I want to hide myself in the um. Gatherings, fellowship, small groups, Sundays services—we want to hide ourselves, want to be one among the crowd. It would be the best if the pastor don't know me, and I can just keep quiet, staying at the corner, enjoy my personal time with the Lord, and then go home. That's it. I don't want anyone to approach me. Some of the people will hide yourself. You have issues in your family, in your marriage. You have health issue. You have cancer. You don't want anyone to know about it. You just want feel like hiding yourself. So that's why I felt the Lord that pastoring is just like playing hide and seek. Some people may think that. Um, may blame yourself. I am、uh, just too shiny, so I cannot hide well. So、uh, pastor always find me. The leaders always find me. Some people will just give up.、Uh, if pastor find me, then that's it.、Uh, I will do what I should do.、Uh, not that willing, but、uh, also not that reluctant. It's just quite neutral. If the pastor can find me, then go ahead. I will do what I should do. If the pastor don't find me, then I'll keep quiet, stay at where I am. Some people even blame us if we cannot find them. If you play hide and seek, you will know. If you are good at hiding, you hide for quite a long time in the dark in the cupboard. How come the people cannot find me? Is it so difficult? I think congregation, some of you may felt the same. You might get. Get unhappy or angry of the pastors. How come throughout the years of MCO, the pastor never called me? The pastor never reached to me. I'm here waiting, but just nobody come to me, and they may get mad and blame us. Which kind of person are you? Are you the one hiding well? Are you the one just、uh, play around with the game, not so willingly being、uh, caught? Are you the kind of people who just、uh, neutral? You can be the one 
um, who catch other people or you can be the one hiding. No matter which kind of person you are, I guess behind of it, we have one similar problem. We have lost the passion of loving Christ. We have lost, lost the passion of loving Christ. How is it when we lost the passion? We'll look at uh, Galatians chapter 4, uh, verse 8 to... Uh, I, I'll read, we'll read from verses 8 to 11 first. Yeah, let us read together, verse 8 to 11. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather, what are known by God. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Paul says some people, they seem like they are... Um, they are passionate. They are zealous for God. They do what they deem are important and they are faithful to what they believe. And these people, probably um, Paul referred them to Jews. At least they could be uh, the Jewish Christian. And these people, they try to keep the laws the laws of Moses doing what they should. And not only the, the laws of Moses, actually along the process, they have a lot of definitions about their laws. So if, if you know about law, you, you may know that uh, we will need a lot of definitions to define what is meant by that. And that makes the laws longer and longer and longer and it will be endless. Well, we, we need a lot of definitions on certain terms. And that's what the Jews, uh, they did. So for Jews, they have 613, if I'm not mistaken, 613 laws to, kept, uh, to be kept. So for people like Paul, he is considered the perfect one. He claimed himself as a perfect, blameless Jew. But after he have uh, get to know Jesus Christ, he have thrown that away. But before that, he considered the perfect one among the Jews. So here, for the Jewish um, Christian, they may thought these are the rules that they need to keep to be a faithful Christians or faithful Jews. So they kept all the laws aside from uh, the the words of Jesus, the, word, the teaching of the disciples, they keep all these things because they, they thought, they think that those are important. They are zealous about those things. So when Paul talked about this, he said, uh, you are observing special days and months and seasons and years. Uh, this you refer to the Galatians who are the uh, Gentile Christians. Yeah, not the Jewish Christian, but they follow the way of the uh, Jews that they observe all the days, the seasons, the uh, celebrations. Is there anything wrong with that? 
to be honest, not really, right? Observing Sabbath Sunday, observing um, the Passover celebration, some of the season that they they observe those seasons. And what's wrong for uh, Gentiles Christian to follow those things? If we look at Paul's word, we may know the reason. Paul said, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slave to those who by nature are not gods. This referred to the uh, Gentile Christian. Before they come to Jesus Christ, before they know God, they know um, the, those by nature who are not gods. They worship uh, the trees, they worship the, the idols that are made of gold, of silver, they worship the sun, uh, the stars, all kinds of things. These are the Gentiles. And now as they come to know Jesus, they come to know Christ. And Paul, in other way of expressing it, saying, uh, they are known by God. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? So why, why are they turning to, to uh, observing these uh, rules which don't give them salvation and life? that is going astray from the gospel, which is by grace of God. So this is um, the teaching from Paul accusing that Galatians, the Christians, they are going astray because they are observing, they are, uh, observing the laws of Jews and that make their, uh, their perspective very narrow and rigid. If our Christian life is just a um, long list of to-do lists and you might be going under the same situation as these Galatians become a very rigid and narrow-minded Christian Don't be mistaken that when we love God We'll pray. When we love God, we'll go to um, come to Sunday services, small groups, prayer meetings. When we love God, we'll do our daily de- devotions. When we love God, we will care for the needy. When we love God, we will do a lot of things. But it may not be the other way around. If you do devotion every day, that doesn't mean you love God. If you do, if you care for the needy, that may not mean that you love God. If you come to Sunday services, join small groups, um, all kinds of gatherings, that may not mean you love God. So it's, the relationship is um, not that um, tied up. So if we love God, we will do all these things. But in the other way around, it doesn't work. If you do all these things, it still doesn't mean you really love God. Years ago, um, when I think when during the those times when I was still in Cebu in seminary, um, there's one slogan of a church, I think in their fellowship group saying, uh, there are three things that you must do every day. And there are three gatherings that you must join every week. What are those things? What are the three things that you need to do every day as a Christian? 
pray, read Bible, and do your daily devotion. And then what are the three gatherings that you need to attend every week? Prayer meeting, uh, for us maybe small group, for them fellowship groups, and then Sunday services. There are the three gatherings that you must attend. I don't say that is wrong, but that will uh, make the people narrow, um, become narrow-minded, come to an extent after years, uh, months by months, emphasizing this after years by years. Slowly, the people start to think in a way that these are the to-do list of Christian. They need to fulfill this to be a qualified Christians. So there will be like um, the police uh, looking at you. Uh, did you read your Bible to, uh, this week every day? Did you do your daily devotion every day? Do you um, pray every day? They take. Uh, they don't really have uh, a paper or something to take, but they will do that in their mind. They will ask you, do you do this? Do, do those things do you come to prayer meeting do you come to fellowship um, gatherings do you come to Sunday services if you miss anyone you may be tagged as unfaithful that's the problem and that will make us narrow minded John Ottberg in one of his books um, uh, he, he described the day when we meet God um, in heaven. He says, Don't worry, God won't, you, won't ask you how, how is your score? How, uh, what marks did you get? What is the grade of your life? God will not ask that. Why? Because you come to the Lord in Jesus and through Jesus, all these are no longer important in God's sight, in God's view. So we, are, we come to God, we come to Jesus Christ by grace, not by our deeds. So that's why God wants to ask you, what grade did you score? What is your mark when you meet God in heaven? So the first problem for this uh, Galatians Christians, they are narrow-minded. They are distorted from the right way of gospel that we come to the Lord by grace. So Paul said that, um, I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Seems like all my efforts are wasted. In earlier time, Paul had taught them what is Christianity, what are the teachings of the disciples, but yet after a certain period of time, they are distorted onto something that is not so pure and right about the gospel. So Paul said, I fear that somehow I have wasted my effort. So that's about um, the first problem. The Galatians, they are narrow-minded. How about you? Will you define someone as a good Christian or bad Christian by what they did? Somehow that can tell up to an extent. But do we know their heart? 
do we really know them, the people around you? In the next part, let us look at um, verse 12 to 16. Can we read together? I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? These Christians, these Galatians, they used to love Jesus a lot. Up to an extent, they treat Paul as if they treat Jesus. They love Paul so much that when Paul was sick, uh, Paul had some diseases uh, um, about his sight, his eyes. So these Galatians, these Christians, they are so willing, they love uh, Paul so much that they are willing even to donate their eye to Paul. That's how much they love Paul. That's how passionate they love Jesus Christ. But it's become, this becomes a past tense. They no longer love him so much. But in fact, in the other way around, they treat him like an enemy. Why this happened? When your passion is no longer focusing on loving Jesus and loving your neighbors, then you could be rejecting the truth. As Paul said, I now become your enemy by telling you the truth. And those who tell you the truth reveal your um, actual condition, then you may get mad. And that's why Paul, he became their enemy. And that's how it happens. Don't be mistaken. A lot of times, we just want to work on the ministries. We just want to complete the task given to us. But God just want to work on you. It doesn't matter the ministry. Is it done perfect or what? or even it's not done, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter that much. But what matters is you. Have you grown throughout the process? Did God, can God nurture you throughout the process? That's what meant more to God. When I was in seminary um, in in the student uh, representative. Yeah, we have committee, student committee, and in the committee, I am the one who do uh, beautification for the seminary. Our seminary is not big, uh, a small, considered a small one, 
the area is not, not that huge. So um, actually there is also a way to cut costs <laughs> to get all the students to do uh, the gardening, cleanup, beautification. Yeah, and it's, there is also a practice, um, a, a time for us to learn um, spiritual discipline. So when we were, uh, when I were in, I was in uh, seminary, I was the uh, committee chair of doing all this gardening and beautification. And during those times, I always request them um, to enjoy the time. We only do one hour per week of gardening. Yeah, sometimes we pull the grass, clean the drain, uh, chop down the trees, um, all kinds of things that we do. But as you know, young people don't like that. <laughs> uh, so over 90% of them are uh, rejecting uh, work like this. They complain, how come we need to do this? Uh, we come here to study. We don't want to do gardening. We don't want to clean out the drain. Uh, it's a waste of time. How come we are doing this? But um, I always tell them, please just enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, we, we have to do it. We have no choice because that's the, the rule of the seminaries. We have to do it. So since we have no choice, then why don't you just enjoy the moment? And we assign the task by small groups. We have a few small groups in the seminary. So we assign, we assign the task and I always request them to enjoy the time together. Chit-chatting, uh, playing around, being naughty is fine. Uh, as long as you just do some of the work and enjoy the time. Uh, turn out, I can, from there I can see all kinds of people. Some groups, they are doing well. They play around, they are naughty, but it's fine, they do their job well. Some groups, they think of um, this is a burden. Yeah, such a burden that they don't like it. So they wanted to finish the job and play. So they are rushing to finish. But in fact, it always ended uh, quite near to the time that to, uh, to, to the time that we allocate. Yeah, so no point for them ha having uh, 10 minutes or 15 minutes hanging around. So they feel like it's a waste of time doing so much work rushing. In the end, they still don't have time to play around. And some people just play around, having fun, do nothing. The job I assigned to them, like um, pulling the grass, after one hour out of 10 of them pulling the grass, the outcome is not as good as, uh, if, uh, I would say even me alone can do that job, do what they have done. Yeah, so they just pull a few grass and that's it. Uh, sitting there in, under the trees or keep themselves uh, at, at, at somewhere shady uh, and cool and they just enjoy the time. All kinds of people there are in seminary. It's the same to church. When we talk about ministry, doing ministry, some people will just focus on their job. They don't care what you say. They don't care what are the comments. They don't care uh, if you have any issue, if you have uh, any conflict with one another. They don't care. They just wanted to finish the task and that's it. Sometimes we'll do that 
because we don't want to be tagged as one of the parties that have quarrels. Want to, we don't want to keep ourselves away from them. Sometimes we just wanted to uh, do, just keep to where we are, keep silence, whatever issues they are quarreling, and we just don't want to respond because we just don't want to be among them. And sometimes we just, uh, we don't even do our work. Yeah, we just hang around, um, saying things, saying nonsense around, and that make the church broken. And these, all these, are actually, we don't, um, it's a it's, it's condition that we don't really love Jesus and we don't love our fellow brothers and sisters. We just wanted to get our jobs done and we just wanted to be accountable to God and that's it, full stop. But in fact, that is not Christian life. We are one body and we are related. In the third part of this passage, um, verses 17 to 20, let's read together. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us, so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. When Paul was with um, the Galatians, this group of Christians, they are zealous, they are passionate, they are uh, devoted to do to to do something for God, to work, um, to do ministry, to build out the church, to do good things. But as time passed, Paul find out that they only do good things. They only seems like um, they only become passionate when Paul is among them. So they are at her, acting to be like passion passionate that's what happened in galatians there are times uh, there are certain people who work only when people can see them there are people who serve only when the pastors or the leaders can see them Don't be mistaken. Not all passions are of good purpose. Some people act like just uh, chill, not doing anything. But some people are so passionate, they wanted to do a lot of things. But both of them cannot, we cannot tell what is their intention. Not all passions are of good purpose.
along these few years, uh, on and off, out as I go back to Cebu, I'll meet up with um, a few of my close friends. One of my friends uh, complained about his church. Uh, one of the serious, the most serious matter that he had ever encountered is his pastor asked him to leave. Uh, the pastor says, uh, you better go to another church. Um, I know you are right. Your stand is right. But, but you hold firm to your stand, uh, making the, the two parties um, you, you cannot have you, you met the fellowship group not in peace yeah so that's a word from the pastor so the pastor said to him you better um, if you insist your stand then better if you can go to another church yeah so that we can have peace that's what happened to him and in fact that's very sad in that church, a lot of problems. One of the problems is that um, the leaders tolerate the uh, worship, praise and worship team to continue to serve. They talk about it, but they decided to tolerate. The group of um, the team, the praise and worship team, as they serve, they will come uh, on stage they can perform well. They, they are the best team in the church. They can perform very well. But as, as soon as the praise and worship ended and they come down of the stage, then pastor go out and pray. When everyone close your eyes, they go to the uh, side door and leave. Go for breakfast and go home. And that happened on and off. On other Sundays, when they are not there to serve, then they don't come. Disappear from the church. They come only when they need to serve. And on some occasions, they are so passionate to serve, to serve in those occasions, like Christmas is a big event, so they wanted to lead the praise and worship or some important events they wanted. They are so zealous to do that. But their passion are not of good purpose. They just wanted the good name, the fame. But in fact, they don't have good life. So not all passions are of good purpose. If people are willing to serve uh, for church, I guess we will happily accept. Yeah, because we always say we are lack of people. But we will accept this kind of people, which is not of good intention, not of good purpose. There is always a struggle. And different people may have different stand. What about you? Will you accept? There are a lot of issues in Galatians, this group of Christians. They are, they are very narrow-minded. 
they define Christian life as a list of to do things that they need to do every day and that define their good life they reject Paul's word about them to them they think they are good they pretend to be passionate but they only show they are only acting like passionate before Paul before the leaders of the church what kind of people you are a lot of things may disappoint you we admit that in church as we serve some people may hurt you some of the ministry you may have failed and a lot of people complain about it are these good reasons for us to play hide and seek are these the reasons that you try to hide from the pastors from the leaders and just keep to yourself living alone in a crowd if you are one of them in fact i'll quote paul's word that's the same thing to you verse 19 paul said my dear children for whom i am again in the pains of childbirth until christ is formed in you if you are one of the one of the player playing hide and seek then in fact i'll say jesus is yet to form in you being a christian attending church baptized that doesn't guarantee jesus is formed in you and if jesus is not in you you will play hide and seek if the church the whole church is playing hide and seek for sure the church will be lukewarm not really passionate about something or we just do the things that we used to do and the church is is never really growing in quality or quantity what is membership for you what does it mean to become a christian of a church today as we talk about um as we talk about a renewed membership these are the questions that we need to ponder and think about and from this passage um i pray that god have spoken to you and if we look at our book of discipline mdop uh, methodist book of discipline uh, para 113 uh, defining what is um, membership and what should a member do i guess these two paragraphs really give us a very clear guide what is what does a member means Faithful membership in the local church is essential for personal growth and for developing and increasing sensitivity to the will and grace of God. As a member involves in himself in private and public prayer, worship, the sacraments, study, Christian action, systematic giving and holy disciplines, he grows in his appreciation of Christ. 
his understanding of God at work in history and the natural order, and an understanding of himself. This is in Para 1113. So, faithful membership, a faithful Christian, uh, according to Methodist Book of Discipline, uh, you need to do these essential things to ensure your personal growth. This doesn't guarantee your growth, but to help you to grow,、uh, to develop an increasing sensitivity to the will and grace of God. So that means when you do all these things, you should grow and know more about God and grow, get closer to God, know His will, and know how to、um, receive power and grace from Him to move on in your life and ministry. So as a member, involves himself in prayer and public. Prayer. So for Christians, we have prayers, whether in your personal life or in public prayer, prayer meeting, or we come to worship,、uh, Sunday worship, small groups, or your personal devotion that is considered worship. Also, the sacraments, the baptism, the holy communion, the study means、um, you study the Bible by your own, and Christian action, how you live a Christian life in your daily life, in your workplace, in your school. Wherever you are, systematic giving, giving time and offering every month、uh, or every week,、um, systematically, in in a disciplined way, and holy disciplines, observing all the、um, rules, all the teaching in the Bible, and such person, such a Christian, he prayerfully will grow in his appreciation of Christ because he know more about the salvation of Christ as. He grow. He know more how sinful he is, and that will lead to a point that he will be more grateful of the salvation of God, and also his understanding of God at work in history or in natural order. He will know more about all this, and lastly, the understanding of himself will grow also. So this is、uh, para one one three, and then one one four. Faithful participation in the corporate life of the congregation is an obligation of the Christian to his fellow members of the body of Christ. A member is bound in sacred covenant to shoulder the burdens, share the risks, and celebrate the joys of his fellow members. He is called to speak the truth in love, always ready to confront conflict in the spirit of forgiveness and reconciliation. This is para one one four. So if we look at、um, the Galatians, these Christians, they feel like alienated themselves and Paul. They feel like living alone,、uh, leaving them alone, so that they can live their life by their own,、um, doing what they like. In fact, that is not Christian life. You could be one of them. You just wanted to hide yourself, playing hide and seek, with. Us with the leaders, and we can hardly catch you. We have only five pastors,、uh, or including LCEC, thirty over. How can we catch eight hundred of adults and children in all the Chinese and English congregations? There's no way for us to do that. And as long as we catch one, the previous one may run away and escape. So that's the endless story, playing hide and seek in church. 
So in fact, that shouldn't be a Christian life. If we look at Paragraph One Four, being a Christian, being a member of a church means faithful participation, not only in the services, in the ministry, but also in the life of one another. So it's a corporate life of the、uh, congregation. That is an obligation. It's a must for Christian to be a body of Christ. You are not living alone in the crowd, and you shouldn't be. We are living as one body. So you cannot say, "Ah,、uh, I have nothing to do with him or her." Ah,、uh, that's the eye. I am the hand. What to do with the eye and the hand? Nothing to do. We cannot say that because we are one body in Christ. And what does that means to us as one body in Christ? We are bound in sacred covenant as we are baptized. We are confirmed into the church as a member, so we are bound in the sacred covenant. To do what? To shoulder the burdens. So don't live your life alone. Share your burdens、uh, with one another. Although you may not know my burdens, you may not understand how is pastoral life, but I am happy to share, and that should be the life of Christian. We need to share the burdens of one another, although we may not really understand them. We share the risk when there are troubles in the church, there are conflicts. It's risky for us to stand in between. For us to step in to do something to say something, because we may consider as one of the party, and we will get into trouble. So most of them, maybe you may choose to stand aside, doing nothing about the conflict. But we should share the risk. We should stand, and voice up, and really step in to solve the the problem. And about joy, we should celebrate the joy together.、Um, whatever, giving birth to a children, getting married, a birthday, all kinds of joyful moments, we should celebrate together.、Um, as a church, it could be troublesome, it could be difficult, but at least in your small groups or a few peoples that are close to you, we should share our joy, our burdens, and our risks. That is all about Christian life. And,、um, a member is called to speak the truth in love, and we need to speak truth in love. How can we do that? We always ready to conf- confront conflict in the spirit of forgiveness and reconciliation. We don't want the conflict to go on,、um, uh, torn the church down because of the conflict. We need to step out, step. Step out to confront the conflict, and that is Christian life. And I guess these two paragraphs is enough to describe what does it mean as a member. So today, as we、uh, study、uh, from Galatians chapter four, I hope through the、um, through these groups of、uh, Christians, God speak to you. Although we are looking at their problem, but I'll say, up to a certain extent, we are quite we have similar problems as they had.
we shouldn't be narrow-minded, focusing on the things that are not so essential, looking at the surface only. We shouldn't be rejecting the truth, receiving comments and complaints that are good for our growth um, sometimes. We shouldn't be pretending, pretending to be passionate and love God. We should be truly love God. And I pray that God, Jesus Christ, will form in your heart. Let us pray. Lord, as we come to you to confess our sin, for we always play hide and seek with our leaders. We don't want to put ourselves in trouble. We don't want to get involved in anything. We don't want to share our life, share our burdens, share our issues with anyone. We feel like just sitting alone in a church that makes me happy and comfortable. But in fact, that is not the life of a Christian. So Lord, help us, challenge us to go beyond our safe zone, to do what we should, to say what we should, and to live the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us. Help us in our Christian life. And we not only hide in the dark, hide in the corner, waiting to be found, but we want to come to you gladly, joyfully serve you, obey your will. Help us. Renew us. May the fire of your spirit burn us give us the passion of loving you in jesus christ's name we pray amen